What's going on, everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I want to welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is going to be no different. Stick around, and we're going to get started right now. Well, I'm super excited to be back with you guys for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Y'all, today is super special for me, and I hope for you. Uh, when we started this podcast out a while ago, the goal was really kind of to introduce these ideas, themes, maybe some things that we wanted to help teach you around starting a business. It's no accident. It's no secret uh, that I've not, I'm not a serial entrepreneur. I did not want to be an entrepreneur. I've kind of backed into this space, and I had to really figure it out as I went. And so my whole goal here on this uh, podcast is to uh, kind of give you secrets to that and more importantly, introduce you to others who have done it. Uh, we switched gears if you've been following all the episodes uh, a few weeks ago and we started talking to people about their story behind their brand. Now, let me just say this off the break. When it comes to every brand that you know, please know this, there is a story behind it. And depending on that story, it will inform how that brand shows up. And so today, I am super pleased to invite my good friend. Uh, he happens to be, at the time of this recording, uh, Clubhouse's icon. Uh, if you go to open up your Clubhouse application, uh, there's always an icon that you see, and uh, they switch it out from time to time. But at the time of this recording, uh, Abraxas Higgins is, in fact, the Clubhouse icon. Abraxas, I appreciate you for being up, man. Can you just introduce yourself really quickly? quickly to our audience. Who are you? Kind of what do you do? Why do you do it? And maybe the kind of people that you do it for? Let's talk. Hey, well, yeah, thank you for the introduction. Um, so my name is Abraxas. Um, who am I? Um, at this point in time, I can say that I am the world's first social audio influencer. As in, I don't do anything else. I come onto apps where I only need to talk. And that is my full-time living. Like, that's it. Um, which is great to be the world's first anything, which is absolutely insane to me, as this was never a source of mine. Never, th never thought it was something that I would do, to be honest. Um, it just kind of happened. Um, my brand, did you say? Um, my brand is really funny. I took some time to kind of write about what my brand is. Um, and I suppose what, what I am kind of breaks down into three sorts of... Uh, buckets um i would love to say that i well it's weird right i think everybody from an external point of view i don't know what it would look like to anybody else but from my from my point of view uh that's a difficult question but i so my brand okay three buckets i would say one i'm authentic um everything that i do i try and leave with authenticity um i think there is a lot of fake in the world right and because there is so much fake in the world if you are authentic and you're real you're liked shines differently people will be drawn to you and they won't even know why ultimately it's because you're real it's because you're willing to share uncomfortable truths it's because you are you're real in your demeanor it's because you have good days bad days days in the middle and you are willing to show that so that's one pillar of my brand uh, the second pillar of my brand uh <laughs> this is going to sound a little up there but i would say the second pillar of my brand is premium like for me i want to ensure that i partner with people with brands with things that are premium Right, that speak to a certain demographic, that speak to a certain certain clientele. I want to ensure that that represents me well, 
right? Uh, one of those things that makes me think about this is that, you know, I say, well, the time that I don't want to partner with anybody that's, you know, any brands that are fast fashion brands. And ultimately, the last thing that kind of represents my brand, because I do things in trinities, right? When I think about brands, um, I always think of them in threes. Like, what is your trinity, right? Have a three um, always works well for me. And the last thing I would say is, um, <laughs> I would say, uh, it, it sounds weird, I'd say gracefully intelligent. <laughs> um, I try and read a lot. I try and stay abreast of what's going on in the culture. Um, I'm a computer science grad, so I did computer science with software engineering and a minor in Japanese. I don't actually talk about that much, but... I can code, uh, I can play the piano really, really, really well. And, you know, I, I'd love to say that I'm like, I don't know, in all honesty, like a, like a renaissance man of this age. Um, so <laughs> so that, that, would be, that would be my brand. No, I absolutely love it. If you're just pulling up, maybe you're just catching this uh, podcast. Uh, we're talking with Abraxas. He is the clubhouse icon. Uh, we're talking about the story behind his brand. Abraxas, take us back. Um, you are obviously British, uh, born in the UK, I think. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Abraxas, uh, the kid, how you grew up. And more importantly, where I'm going with this, Abraxas, is I want to talk about the things that you experienced as a child, maybe earlier on in your uh, career, your professional career, that clearly today, as you look back, has informed your brand. It, it informs how you show up, how you do business, how you connect with people. So take us back. Where'd you, where were you born? Siblings? How'd you grow up? Talk to us. Um, good question. Uh, so I, did, I grew up in London, um, in the UK. Uh, but it's interesting. I always tell people you well for me i say i was you know i'm in i'm in london but i'm not of london uh for me i got to go to the school but i think i was maybe 10 or 11 i got to do a year of school in the caribbean and my parents thought it'd be a good idea for me to kind of you know get to figure out what life is like out there which was a great thing for me to do it just kind of changed my perspective on a lot of things at a young age um i then came back to the uk I then left again to go to uh, uh, what would be like an academy uh, in, in Canada. So I then left to go to school and be an athlete in another country uh, where it was minus 35 in the, well, I don't know what that would be for you guys. Yeah, about, about my, yeah, be the same. About minus 32, I'd say, uh, in the winter. So absolutely freezing. Once again, got to experience things that I'd never experienced before, living in a house with, you know, 17 other young men that all wanted to make it. Um, you know, so I kept coming to the UK and leaving, coming to the UK and leaving. And what that ultimately did was kind of, um, it changed my palette. It changed my palette towards everything. If you, um, for example, if you grew up in a household that had maybe, let's say, a mother who was Dutch and a father who was Indian, your palate, your, your, your taste palette would be very different. If your mother and father cook, you would love, you know, European food, but you'd also love the spices and Indian food. And what I think you do when you leave the country that you're born in and you travel somewhere else is you change your sort of intellectual palate, right? You become far more malleable. So I was fortunate enough to, to, to do that. And that was, I did so, so, so many, like from Japan, I did all these sorts of weird places um, that really, as I said, shaped my sort of intellectual palate um, and, and cultural palate as well, I should say, not just my intellectual palate. So as a kid, I was fortunate enough that my parents thought it would be a good idea to ship me off to Jamaica for a year, which worked out in my favor. Um, I have one older brother, oh, 
well, there's a few of us actually. Uh, my mum and dad have had a few kids outside of us, so there's a, there's a small army of us actually. But we're all like brothers and sisters. Um, we all treat each other as such. Um, the other thing I would say is, um, you know, so that's a little about my childhood. Um, I think you asked about like myself in business. Was that the question, Glenn? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. and I definitely want to kind of bring people up um, and and just kind of talk a little bit about how your childhood, your palate culturally uh, for business, all the things you experienced. How did that begin to inform your footsteps as, as you went into business? Great question. So the funny thing is, I didn't really want to do anything for myself. I had this idea that working for others would be the best thing, right? So I'll quickly tell you my premise on what, how, what I believed was, was the right thing to do at the time. So I went to university and I, I'd had bad grades prior to going to university, uh, really bad grades. I think the, yeah, I think that it probably translates to probably about a 2.1 GPA at high school, which is bad. <laughs> and I was like, well, shit, I, you know, this, this athlete thing is not working out for me. I kind of need to get my education. So I decided to go back. And the thing is, when I went back, I was like, okay, well, what am I going to study? And I decided to study, well, I went on the internet, first of all, and I looked at the most lucrative undergraduate degrees. So I said, if I have enough money, you know, nobody will argue, you know, I could stop anybody from arguing, you know, I could pay this, I could do this, you know, I'd have my freedom. That was that was the idea, I'd be able to buy my freedom. Now, once I kind of looked at these top undergraduate degrees, the first degree I looked at was petroleum engineering, and I looked at like a lecture slide, and it looked like hieroglyphics, I had no idea. I then looked a little more through this list, and on the sixth one on the list, computer science appeared up, and it sounded okay, so I picked computer science. I was like, yeah, let me throw something else in there. I was like, software engineering, they're linked. I was like, just throw a language in here as two, two, and I've always had an interest in Japanese. That's a, a long story, but I ended up doing this sort of weird degree. Now, with this degree, I realized on the first day I do it, I absolutely hate it. I absolutely hate computer science. It is the most boring, dry thing I've ever done. Like, I cannot believe it. And lo and behold, math. The one thing I was running away from is still here. I'm, I'm having to do math. I'm like, shit, this feels, sounds like, like, math. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I remember sitting there like, is this math? Because... I thought this could be, so anyway, I managed to get through that degree. Every year is a nightmare. I start the year with, you know, bouts of, I mean, bouts of anxiety because I'm just so unsure, but I'm doing really well. Um, I managed to graduate with a 4.0, but it's horrendous. It's a horrendous time for me. I make friends and all the rest of that, but the nature of what I'm start studying is terrible. And right before I'm about to leave, maybe, let's say a year before I'm about to leave, I'm about to graduate. It looks like I'm gonna graduate with really good grades. I make the same mistake. I say, what makes the most money? Just like the same way I picked computer science, I picked, you know, I said to myself, what makes the most money? And I went on the internet and lo and behold, the jobs that made the most money was finance. You know, they made these guys sound like they were the rock stars of the working world, the brokers, the traders, the portfolio managers, the strategists, you know, $500,000 bonus. I was like, wow, let's do it. So I do an internship for, I'm not gonna mention their name, but I do an internship and it goes really, really well for me. Um, and I end up getting hired. And the same thing happens again. 
the same thing. I'd alienate myself for money, for the pursuit of money, for the pursuit of this money and this idea of freedom. I put myself in a position that I didn't want to be in. And it was awful. It was an absolute grind. It didn't matter how good I was at it. Um, at the end of the day, the people that loved it would go home and read about it. And as soon as I left, I didn't care. Right? I was reading Hype Beast and High Snobriety while they were reading the, you know, the Economist and the Financial Times. So I say this in order to say that in terms of business, I wanted to work for people. I didn't really have the idea of doing anything out on my own or, or doing what I'm doing now, so to speak. It was just um, the way I'd grown up. Um, we didn't grow up with a lot of money, so I wanted to earn as much money as I could to ensure that um, I could buy my freedom. And it took me a while to realize that you can't. Well, if you just listen, if you're just tuning in to this podcast, uh, welcome to uh, We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I'm Glenn P. Brooks Jr. talking to my great friend, Abraxas Higgins. He's the clubhouse icon as we're recording this message. Abraxas, one of the things that you said, man, and I wrote it down, um, and it just continues to come through more and more, doing what you love. Now that you have navigated through all of the things that you absolutely hated, and I know a lot of us in this audience are resonating with that, what does it feel like now for you to be able to actually show up doing what it is that you absolutely love to do? It, I'm going to see this. It feels weird. <laughs> it feels weird. Like I can't, like I, I can't explain this to you guys, but I had this, thing. I just thought this was what work was. I can't remember who the quotes by, but the quote says that, you know, the, the majority of men lead lives of quiet desperation. And that was me. I was just like, okay, this is just what the majority of men do. When I say men, I mean men and women. This is what we do. We just, nobody really likes their job, right? You just grind, you grind, you save, you get a mortgage, you have some kids and you grind and it grinds at you. But that's okay. Cause that's what everybody else is doing, right? So man, I, for me to wake up and not have that, it didn't feel real. I, feel, I, I can't explain it, but it didn't feel real for a while. It didn't feel real that people will pay me for my ideas. It didn't feel real that people would pay me to strategize for them or to talk about social audio in a way that they hadn't thought about before. It didn't appear to me that people would pay to hear my voice, to be a keynote speaker, to be the world's first social audio influencer. Like none, none of this felt real because I would wake up with bouts of dread and the Sunday night, I can remember crying on Sundays, like being like, I really don't wanna do this tomorrow. I can't do another week. And now it doesn't really matter what day of the week it is. Like it just, it just doesn't matter anymore. Um, if there's work to be done, I'll do it. If I wanna take a break, I, I will. If I wanna travel, I'll travel. I want to sleep in, I'll sleep in. So the nature of what I do is far more forgiving to who I am, far more in line with what I want to do. Um, and it makes the world of a difference. So yeah, I would say it, it feels very different, but it feels joyous. It feels easy. It feels as if I'm, I'm in, in a flow. You know, when you're in flow state and you, you wake up and you're having a great day and you're just getting work done and things that like that, but continuously. And don't get me wrong, there are, up, there are up days and down days and middle days and all the rest of that, don't get me wrong. 
but the nature in which I have those days is completely different. I love it. Braxis, uh, with the little bit of time we got left, man, I want to get some questions. I know there are people who are dying to ask a question or two, and I want to leave space for that. Uh, but real quick, man, uh, social audio. It, it is a brand new thought process in terms of how social media engages their audiences. Talk to us a little bit about it from a macro standpoint. And then if you can just kind of drill down on what does that mean for you, uh, your business, and how are you able to really, really, really affect people um, as a result of this new medium? All right. Well, social audio for me is it's man, it's so undervalued at this present moment in time. It's so undervalued. The engagement rates here are higher than any other social media platform. Now, how I measure engagement rate with, um, you can hit me up on Instagram and we can talk about it, to be honest, but how I measure engagement rate is pretty simple. And I can offer a, a brand or anybody like 15 to 10% engagement rate right in any in any room i'm doing irrespective of the numbers right that is insane that is absolutely insane for a brand there's other metrics as well that you know that i talk about um stickiness so the thing is that people just haven't there are books for how to use Instagram. There are books for how to use TikTok. There is no book for how to use this. And the ones who have written books, no offense to them, they haven't cracked the code. They're not even close. There's a reason I've been able to talk to these high-end brands. There's a reason IWC Chaffalz has been around for 160 years and I can have a conversation with them and then do a series with them for six parts where they then want a two, two more bonus episodes. There's a reason I've worked with Ted Baker, South by Southwest, Amazon Prime. You have to be able to talk about this. These brands don't know what this is. How do you talk about social audio? So for me, that's like some of my, I would say, secret source, like how I talk about social audio, how I can pull stats for these people or the rest of this. Because once you can do that and you can create your own narrative on things like engagement rate, stickiness, total listeners, there's all these words and phrases that I'm essentially coining myself. So I think the space is great. I think there is still some, I think we're, we're, we're a little bit behind as a community. I think we're a little bit behind on brand partnership. Um, I think personally, I can do a better job informing people about this and really allowing people to take it to the next level. Um, but I think we're in a great place. I think anybody who's on this app, been on this app, knows how this app works, talks well, you know, wants to run shows daily, all the rest of that, you are in prime position this year. This is just the beginning. So very excited for social audio. And I really do think it's here to stay. I love it. I love it. We're going to close out the podcast. Uh, I want you to think really quickly, um, Braxis, on the one takeaway you would have for people listening to this podcast. And as soon as we close it out, we're going to bring people up on stage. And so you guys stick around. If you have a question, uh, go ahead and start raising your hand. When we open up the raise hand feature, we will uh, get you guys up and uh, we'll rattle through it as quickly as we possibly can. Uh, Braxis, I just want to say thanks, man. Uh, appreciate you being willing to come up and uh, pull up and hang out with us here on 
Clubhouse as we record this live recording. One thing that you'd like to leave with our audience as you part here, at least on the podcasting end of the world. Uh, the one thing I'd like to leave with a bunch of things come to mind, but the one thing I would say is community over everything. Community over everything. If a community rides with you, you're golden. Community over everything. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate that you for riding with us. Every week we're right here for We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I'm Glenn P. Brooks, Jr. That was Abraxas Higgins. Come rock with us uh, Monday through Fridays on Clubhouse. We're here live, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until then, here's what we know to be true. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself. Why? Because we all need some help. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, be sure to download this, and if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll talk soon.